what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. In order for you to be the child of God that God wants you to be, in order for your house to be in order, in order for you to be the light in this world that God wants you to be, you must have the oil of the Holy Spirit moving and working and operating in your heart and life. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, move down, if you will, to verse 18. Then they, speaking of the priest and the Levites, went in to Hezekiah the king and said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord and the altar of burnt offering, and all the vessels thereof, and the showbread table, with all the vessels thereof. Moreover, all the vessels which King Ahaz in his reign did cast away in his transgression have we prepared and sanctified, and behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. And I want to use for a subject, continuing the message we started last week, getting your house in order. Getting your house in order, that means different things to different people. I was talking to a couple out in the parking lot just this morning, and they've just got through moving into a new house. And he told me we're going to spend the next year trying to get everything in order, trying to get everything organized. Getting your house in order. I tell you, they can be some hard words to have to hear if it's coming from a medical doctor. It means you've only got a little bit of time left here in this world. Getting your house in order could mean to you that you need to go to a lawyer and have a will drawn up. You need to decide who you're going to give your car to or your truck or your house or whatever it is you may have. Um, It may incorporate planning your funeral. Do you have a plot picked out? Uh, What songs do you want sung? Uh, What do you want said? Getting your house in order could incorporate those types of things. And those things, of course, are important. But the most important thing is uh, getting your house in order means that you're going to stand before God pretty soon. And unfortunately, some of you under the sound of my voice, you've had to hear those words. And you're going to stand before God soon and you want to make sure your house is in order as a christian as a child of god that shouldn't be a problem for you Uh, there are certain things that should be going on because you need to understand this the bible says you are the temple of god and the spirit of god dwelleth in you and 
just as Hezekiah was getting the temple of God in order in his day, you and I should have our temple in order. Now, King Hezekiah followed 16 years of his father Ahaz's administration. His father Ahaz was one of the most ungodly kings to ever grace the throne of the southern kingdom. He shut down the temple of God. Evidence is he used it for something other than what was intended to be used. He cast away certain vessels which are important in order for the temple of God to operate. And all of this went on for some 16 years under Ahaz, but how refreshing it must have been when Hezekiah came to the throne because the Bible says that King Hezekiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And the first thing that he did was to open up the temple of God. And there were things in the temple of God that did not need to be there. And it's important that you identify things in your temple that ought not to be there and allow the Holy Spirit to bring those things out. And when the Holy Spirit brings those things to your attention, He brings it out, you need to deal with it. And the Levites would take the things that came out of the temple and they would take them down to the brook Kedron. The brook Kedron ran red with blood constantly as the sacrifices were offered up and the blood was poured out at the altar. There were conduits leading from that altar down to the brook and it red, ran red with blood constantly. As the Holy Spirit brings up things in your life, brings it to your attention, there's no better way to get rid of it than to make sure it's covered by the blood of Jesus. Christ. Glory to God. Now, it's important that things be gotten rid of, but it's equally important that there be things in your life that's operating and functioning as it should. And one of the first things that needs to be operating and functioning in your life is the brazen altar. The brazen altar, we looked at it last week. It was the place where the sacrifices were offered up. It typified Calvary. It typified the cross. If you don't get anything else, understand this. It's only through and by the cross of Jesus Christ that you and I can have our needs met. Philippians 4.19 says that God will supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Everything that you need has been made possible by the cross. What Jesus did there, because it was sin, not on God's part, but on our part. The sin nature that we have, it separates us from God. And the only way that the sin nature could be addressed was by Calvary. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, you can address sin by dying and going to hell. That's one way to deal with it. I don't think you want to go that route. 
that Jesus Christ, he died on Calvary. And he went to hell. He didn't go to the burning side of hell, but he, he went there and preached to the spirits that were there and led captivity captive. But Jesus paid the price for sin so that you would not have to go there. And by dealing with the sin nature and dealing with the sin in your life, it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to move and work and have His way. And whatever it is that you need today, understand that Christ is the source and the cross is the means by which you can attain whatever it is that you need, whether it be spiritual, physical, uh, you need a house, you need a car, you need a job, you need uh, healing, you need power, you need the Holy Spirit, you need a touch of God, you need anointing, whatever it is that you need, it's all been made possible by that brazen altar. Moving beyond that, as you approach the temple, you will move up to the brazen laver. The brazen laver is the place where the priests would wash their hands and wash their feet. Their work was continuous, never ending, as they would kill the little animals and the blood would, would get on their feet and they would walk from here to there. Their feet would get dirty and their hands would be bloody. The sacrifices would have to be washed before they were placed on the altar, so it was a gruesome, messy thing. And so they would have to wash in that brazen laver, which was some 15 feet across from brim to brim. It was four inches thick, held over 75,000 gallons of water. And the priests were to go and wash. That brazen laver typified the Word of God. And if the priests did not wash... According to what God's Word said, certain death was in their future. If you do not wash in the Word, are you hearing me? Get this in your mind, if you will, as the priest would go up to the brazen laver and they would look inside that laver of brass and water, they would see an image of themselves. And as we look in God's Word, we can see an image of ourselves. We see who we really are, and we begin to realize who God is. Failure to do so resulted in death. So you must have the brazen labor operating in your life. And the priest went to this labor constantly, several times a day, to wash. How often do you, as a child of God, go to God's Word? And, I, and when I say God's Word, I'm talking about a word-for-word -word translation of the Bible, the King James, not one of these cheap knockoffs that people have made to make money. If you don't have a King James Bible, you've just got a religious book. And you need to make sure you've got a good King James Bible. And if you've got one of these other translations, that's fine. You just need to compare it to the King James and make sure that, that just make sure that the water you're washing in ain't muddy water. All right, moving beyond that now, we're going to go into the temple. As you go into the temple, you will notice... The candlesticks, there were ten candlesticks located on the right-hand side. 
those candlesticks were the only source of light in the temple. They typified Christ because Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Well, Jesus went up into heaven and he told the disciples, he said, now you're the light of the world. Church, you're the light of the world. And when I look at the condition of the church, all I can say is, God help us. But the candlesticks, like I said, typifies Christ. It typifies you and I as the believer. It also typifies the Holy Spirit. Because on this candlestick made of gold, there were bowls at the top of the candlestick in the shape of an almond. And this bowl, I don't know how deep it was, but it held oil in it, pure olive oil. The oil was a type of the Holy Spirit. And the priest would take a piece of flax, and he would take that piece of flax and that wick, if you will, and push it down in that bowl, in that oil, and the oil would get all around it, and the capillary action of the wick would soak that oil up inside of it. It's a type of you and I as the believer, that wick being submerged into that oil, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then the priest would set it on fire. Glory to God. John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to unloose the shoes of the master. But he's coming after me and he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. In order for you to be the child of God that God wants you to be. In order for your house to be in order. In order for you to be the light in this world that God wants you to be. You must have the oil of the Holy Spirit moving and working and operating in your heart and life. It's important. Twice a day, the priest would go into the temple and he would order the lamps, service that lampstand. The wick was the only part of the candlestick that would get impure. It would, it would sit up and begin to smoke up the holy place, pollute the place, and so the priest would go in and he would extinguish the flame and trim the wick, get the soot off, the blackness that, that had burnt, and, and clear it out of the way. And he would put fresh oil in and light it back up. It's a type of you and I being maintained. Your light has to be maintained. You've got to go before the Lord every day, sometimes several times a day, and say, Lord, my life is just stinking up the place. My life is stinking up the place, Lord, and I need you to clean me up, trim my wick, put some fresh oil in, light me up, set me on fire, Lord, so that I can be the light to this lost and dying world that you want me to be. The candlestick. The light, it has to be operating and working in your heart and life. Now, the light, the candlestick, it lit up the holy place. Although it was beautiful in its construction, it was not to be the focal point. 
The purpose of the light stand was to shine light over on the table of showbread, which was directly across from it. There were ten tables of showbread, twelve loaves of bread on each table. The priests were to eat those twelve loaves on the Sabbath day and then put fresh loaves of bread on there. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, John 6, verse 35. The priests were to only eat it on the Sabbath day, the day of rest. For years, under the old economy of God, the people did and they worked and they tried to keep the law of God as they should. And according to the law of God, you're to rest on the Sabbath day. And to be honest with you, they worked harder on the Sabbath day than they did any other day of the week because a woman couldn't comb her hair. Because that could be considered plowing if there was a speck of dust in her hair. They had, they had taken the law of God to the extreme. And when Jesus came on the scene, Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Glory to God. There's so many people in this world that are trying to get to heaven by keeping laws, by doing this, by doing that, by celebrating recovery, by doing a 12-step program, by doing this. The list goes on and on and on. But Jesus said, just come unto me. Glory to God. Jesus Christ did everything that needed to be done. So the table of showbread is a table of trust. Trusting in the Lord, trusting in what He did. And today, during the old economy of God, the Sabbath day was one day of rest. But today, since Jesus fulfilled all the law, every day for the child of God is a day of rest. You rest and trust in what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary. His perfect life. He is the bread of life. The bread didn't have any leaven in it. Typifying His perfect life. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Without holiness, no man shall see God. But when we're in Christ, when we're covered by that precious blood, when we stand before God one day, He no longer sees our sin, but He sees that blood. And He'll say, Welcome home, my child. Welcome home, son. Come on in to the joy of the Lord. And that's what you want to hear one day. But unfortunately, there's going to be a many a one that hears the words, Depart from me, I never knew you. Why? Because they never partook of that table of showbread. They never rested. They never trusted in what Jesus did at Calvary. All right. Moving on to the golden altar of incense. This altar typified the intercessory work of Christ. The priest, twice a day, was to take a coal of fire from the brazen altar, which was outside the temple where the sacrifices were offered up. He put it in a fire pan, go inside and place it on that altar, and then he would pour incense thereon. The incense was a special recipe that God gave to Moses 
This is how you make it. This is how it's to be offered up. And the incense is just a sweet-smelling savor. But the incense within and of itself is no good unless it's heated. Jesus lived a perfect life, and that's great. But it didn't do any of us any good until the fire of the cross was applied. Are you listening to me? When Jesus Christ went to Calvary and he died there, that's when his life was given up for you and I. And that hot coal of fire laying there on this altar of incense and the incense being put there on, the smoke would fill the holy place. Once a year, this same altar, the priest was to apply blood to the four horns of the altar. And he would pray a prayer over Israel for the sins of the people. The Day of Atonement. In Revelation chapter 8 and verse 3, we see an angel carrying out, going through the motions of what the priest of old would have done. John said, Revelation 8, verse 3, Another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which is before the throne. That golden altar of incense is a type of your prayer life and your worship for God. Worship is more than just coming in here on a Sunday morning and singing a few songs and clapping your hands and raising your hands and shouting and and that. But worship is a daily thing. Worship is a lifestyle, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that you do is worship. Whatever is at the center of your life is what you worship. And understand this, your worship cannot go up and be accepted without the intercessory work of Christ. He is our great high priest today, and he is forever living to make intercession for us. Like a lawyer presenting your case before the judge, and he knows how to take that. He's interceding for you and I. Let's take a look at the vessels. There were different vessels in the temple that were used. There were snuff dishes for putting out the lamps on the lampstand so that they could be serviced. There were bowls in which the olive oil would be carried in. There were other dishes and things that were used for different purposes inside the temple. And each of these vessels had a purpose, had a function. You as a child of God, you have a purpose, you have a function, and you need to find out what that purpose is. You need to find out what that function is. And all of these furnishings and all of these vessels were before the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant, the place where God dwelt. One day, you and I will be prepared 
and stand before the altar, the throne of God. Will your house be in order? Will you have these things operating, working, and functioning in your life as they should? Is the cross operating in your life? Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow me. The brazen altar, the brazen labor, God's word. Are you reading his word and studying it as you should? The lampstand, is the Holy Spirit working in your heart and life? Are you allowing the great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, to trim you up and keep you maintained and filled up with his spirit? Table of showbread, is that working in your life? Are you trusting in what Jesus did or are you trusting something else? Altar of Incense has to do with your prayer life and your worship before God. And then the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, is the presence of God in your life. Do you realize that one day you will stand before Him and give an account? And are you living your life in such a way that today just might be the last day? Is your house in order? If it's not, this altar is open. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.